0: Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host, Aileen Day, and today, as usual, I am absolutely spellbound by today's guest, and you will be too. It is the one, the only, the creator and founder of Sauce Bottle, and we're going to tell you all about what Sauce Bottle is, just in case you don't know, but it is Beck Darrington. Beck. Thank you so much for joining me. I have been hoping and waiting to get you on the show for so many months since I met you, the day I met you at Kate Engler's Meet the Press Masterclass, and I'm so glad today has finally come around. How are you? Oh, that is such a lovely introduction, Aileen. Thank you. Um,
1: I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm pumped to have a chat with you today.
0: Oh, brilliant. Now, if you don't know who Beck Derrington is, she, as I mentioned, is the founder of Sauce Bottle. Now, not tomato sauce, not barbecue sauce. Sauce, as in the place you find things, S-O-U-R-C-E, Bottle, and Source Bottle is the most amazing website and one of very few of its kind in the world, I might add. And it is basically where journalists and the media go to find people in the know. Oh, I think I just came up with a tagline for you. Just, I know, I love it. You <laughs> think that's awesome?
1: P.S. <laughs> that's where they go for people in the know. I
0: love it. My, right. my PR degree just paid for itself. <laughs> it did. It did. That was very clever. But in essence, that is exactly what Source Bottle is. It is the place where people who need to find people in the know, in the media, will go to look for amazing experts and subject matter experts and anybody that can help them with what they're trying to create news for. And she herself is a PR and marketing professional. She is the founder and disruptor of this publicity platform Source Bottle. And it is a free subscription service. And it... Distributes to more than 14, get me, million emails a year. And she says it's growing daily, but we're going to talk about this very soon. It's growing so big, she's just put it out to Singapore. So, absolute snaps to you and the Source Bottle team. It is so phenomenal. And it is so also uh, wonderful to see businesses growing exponentially, even. Despite what has happened in the last 12 months, mm. and I can certainly imagine that the media is not uh, not an engine that is slowing down. So it is so great to see you also building up alongside uh, what has been a phenomenal year in news and television. But Beck has a simple vision for her business, and that is for every journalist using the service to be inundated with responses from quality because, you know, you can have quantity, but quality resources and for every Sauce Bottle subscriber to get famous using it. So guess what I do? I use source Bottle. I'm famous. <laughs> In my lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. I actually, thanks to Source Bottle, have had a number of uh, national articles and publications uh put out to the ether. So I am certainly one of Source Bottle's raving fans and I love what you do. And I think I thank you every day that I get the opportunity to put my uh, expertise and my skills and my knowledge into a new facet of the media. And I think, geez, imagine if this website didn't exist, what would we all be doing? So I just love what you've created. But I am also interested. How did you get there? What did you do one day where you're like, you know what, this is, this is a thing I'm going to do. How did that happen? Well, um,
1: Okay, so the Source Bottle itself has been running now for 11 years, which is just ridiculous. Like that wow. just is like so old, right? And um, it it the idea sort of germinated out of, of just my own personal challenges, so my own personal problems. I was running a PR company um, back then and it was sort of I had – I only had one child at the time, so I would sort of stepped down from a corporate career and went in my did my own thing and I had this sort of PR sort of communications consultancy called Wagging Tongues. And I did a lot of PR mm. um, for small clients but in lots of disparate industry areas. Mm. And uh and I'd moved from Queensland, I followed my heart, moved from Queensland, where I'd probably had my, the most recent experience dealing with the media in my roles, and I moved to Victoria. So, A, I was sort of in uncharted waters in in covering a whole lot of different areas that I didn't know any journalists in. Mm. Um, B, the industry itself was just in a state of flux as it has been for years um, with online and legacy media being squeezed a bit and online media kind of really taking hold. Um, And then – and also I was – you know i was working in in a, a, a state and I, you know that i didn't know anybody so yes. um it was it was this sort of perfect storm so in answer to that i thought um there's got to be an easier way because i used to brace myself i mean as ridiculous as this is i was terrified of journalists um so and that follow on call you know the follow up call where you'd call and get hi um just seeing if there's anything, you know, if you can do anything with this story or if there's something else that, you know, perhaps or I can provide you with a case study of that follow-up call. I used to trip over my own tongue. I was just, ugh, I was just like, you know, sweating, stressing because the journalists don't have a lot of time. And, and no. to say that they're sensitive to people who call them, I mean, they're harassed constantly. <clears throat> In fairness, this is not a, a poor reflection on them at all. Mm. Um, but I just thought the whole business industry was – it was just ridiculous and I used to liken it, but, you know, I'm going to use a different metaphor this time. I used to liken it to being at a restaurant and walking in and saying to the, um, you know, the person who meets you at the door, um, listen, I'm just going to sit at this table and I want all the waiting staff to just throw every bit of food at me and I'll see if I like anything that is thrown at me. Oh, I um, want to go to that restaurant. In, yeah, well, who wants to go to that <laughs> restaurant? You'll see. And that's really what journalists were being fed every day, like they're mm. being inundated with hundreds of press releases. I mean, there still are, mm. but hundreds of press releases. And it's kind of this, it's this crazy dance that we do with journalists when I thought, why don't you give them a menu? Um, give them the opportunity to order what they want. Um, so put a call out for what expertise they want what subject matter expert, they want to comment on what issue or what case study they're looking for to sort of talk about their own experiences. Why don't we actually create that menu? Um, And that's sort of how I I now sort of think it's more like because I'm a soccer mum and so I was thinking, okay, it's kind of like, you know, a goalie but the reverse, like the goalie in goals Mm -hmm. and people firing balls at them and they only catch one and and, but in this in this game, this form of soccer, that's what you're wanting. You're wanting to hit that target. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of just so crowdsourcing was becoming a bit of a thing. You know we had different platforms that were really starting to use the crowdsourcing concept and people were starting to um, accept it. And I thought, okay, well why don't we crowdsource great experts, including myself and my clients? For the journalists, and then they'll love me because I'm giving them what they want, uh, rather than spamming them with stuff they don't. Wow. And so that's kind of how the idea came about. And and what I did actually, and I think this was kind of a secret to the success, I had to back myself. Like mm. I had to say, okay, I'm going to commit a significant investment. Yeah. Um, I'm going to fund. I'm going to fund it by continuing my PR work for a period of time but I want to have a cutoff there and I'm going to just make the website look like it's a a significant investment. I'm not here for a short time so people will have the confidence that this service is going to be around in a year, two years, whatever. They'll Mm. invest in it if I invest in it. Um, I wanted it to appear as if it was much bigger than me but it was just me for a very long time. And uh, and I, yeah, and I thought, okay, you know what? Journalists are going to love it. The PR industry is going to love it. Like everyone's going to love it. And I could not have been more wrong. Like I just, so I threw a whole heap of money at it. I built it. And, of course, I had that, you know, build it and they will come.
0: I just um, wrote an article about exactly that. <laughs> really? Yes. yes. So
1: you know what I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well we all take ourselves way too seriously and I mm. think you know I'm at that age that stage in my life where I probably don't as much these days as
0: I yeah, used to I definitely um, don't
1: <laughs> Yeah I mean I've got the scar tissue like and I've I've made an absolute you know joke of myself from you know different I I I've, I've, I've stumbled many times but mm. um but you know what you get up so I kind of think so anyway one of the first things that happened was um, I was I was nearly ready to launch, and then Kevin Rudd was Prime Minister for the first time at this stage, and he was on a show called Rove. I don't know if you remember. Yes, Rove no, I remember Rove. Say hi Rove. to your mum. <laughs> say hi to your mum for me. <laughs> and and so anyway, he was on a he was um, having a conversation, and he he said for the first time, he said went on to say it many times afterwards, um, fair shake of the sauce bottle now the expression is fair fair suck of the sauce bottle but anyway he said fair shake of the sauce bottle and i thought my god i've got to newsjack that right so i launched like virtually the next day and i sent a press release out and sprayed it everywhere because that was the hard thing i couldn't be targeted i wanted every journalist to know about it so Mm. i just had to sort of again throw lots of money at trying to sort of get the message out disseminated as far and wide as possible You know, leveraging from the prime minister, you know, can give this sauce bottle a fair shake, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) that's perfect. So yeah, so it worked really, really well, except for the fact that on Twitter, which is my preferred sandpit, like of of choice, you know, with that's that's because that's where journalists play. That's where PR people play. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and back then, even more so, I mean, it's probably sort of waned a bit over the years, but the journalists are still all over. They, they break news on Twitter. They find sources on Twitter. Twitter. They talk. I love Twitter. It's my favorite. So, um, so anyway, on source, on, on source bottle, on Twitter, I saw some journalists starting to talk about source bottle and saying things like, Oh, I'm going to ask it for a pony. I'm going to ask it. Like, you know, and then Rumbrella, I think they did a story on it. And they pretty much described it as a tool for lazy journalists. So I was kind of surprised. I thought, what? "What?" And now they (laughs) use you. That's what's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the the other thing was, because I I was part of the PRIA, so Public Relations Institute of Australia. Oh, you know, you're a PR. Mm -hmm. So... I was never member of that and I thought, here, here's a service. Can you tell your members about it? Mm. Me being one paying, fully paying member, right, at the time. Um, Can you tell your members about it because this is a great way for them to get their clients in front of publications. There's no choice no cost, no cost at all. Yeah. And they didn't do it. What? They didn't do it. They didn't do it. And I even had friends like in each of the different states i hit up each of the presidents at each of the different states i mean because you couldn't just go straight to the ria because mm. um, they thought you know in fairness they probably thought i was trying to you know spruik a service and i, I was wait yeah but, but it's to not the benefit a service that was yeah that was was like it was a win-win for everybody anyway wow. they didn't do it they didn't help me and i went to school i went to boarding school with with one of the presidents um in one of the states and um and I, th- and I think she was the only one who was a bit receptive and probably helped me a little bit. But they really just, you know, they sat on their hands. And I, I don't know whether that's because, I mean, because I couldn't sort of say, I mean, the, the reason the sources were slow to, to build is because it was a new concept, right? They didn't know yeah. they had a problem that this this platform solved. They didn't understand how the PR machinery worked. But PR experts did. And yeah. and I thought, oh, I, just, you know, I just didn't understand why they would sit on their hands unless they thought, uh, you know, it was going to close in no time, or they had yeah. no confidence longevity. in, yeah, in its longevity. So mm. anyway, it took a couple of years before I got a decent-sized audience
0: wow.
1: um, to make it of, of any real use. I mean, we're talking back when I, a journalist would post a call out, and I'd go, "Who do I know? Like, how can I get sources? Like, I was working as someone trying to, you know." oh, they had a cesarean. I wonder if they could answer that call
0: at all. My goodness. They had
1: and I was calling people myself to try to get them to connect and so that journalists would get some success. But I had some great journalists support me in the early stages and they were patient because that's the problem in a chicken and egg business. I had to build this, the, the network because if, you know, if you didn't get an email every day, you wouldn't mm. even know if it's a brand new service. Like you wouldn't even know. But if you're a journalist, you post a call out and you don't have sufficient sources to actually respond to that and you get crickets, you think this is a dud service. I'm not yeah. going to use it again. Yeah. So that's, mm. the, that's I mean, that's what I'm now experiencing in Singapore. Now I have to, not that I'm saying they're getting crickets, I have to build that audience before I can promote it to the journalists in Singapore or the bloggers in Singapore. Wow. So, you know, that it's the new challenge and you have to educate them of the need for the service. Mm. It's quite a hard concept for a lot of people
0: to get their heads around. So, anyway, it's been... Fascinates me. It's been challenging. Wow. That is that is absolutely fascinating. I really would have expected now having a little bit, certainly not heaps, but a little bit of experience dealing with journalists, and even though I have a PR background, mine is certainly not a media, um, uh, a media, primary media PR mine's more like uh, corporate crisis type (laughs) communication strategy type stuff but you know I I am constantly fascinated by how uh, overwhelmed they are with content coming at them that I really am so shocked to hear that they just didn't grab this as soon as they heard about it that is fascinating to me and the other thing I know. You know, the other thing that was really
1: surprising, so uh, as I said, there were a couple who were fantastic. They were patient Mm. with me. A woman by the name of Fran Malloy who I just owe so much to. She was wonderful. She still is wonderful. She still uses the service. Um, And and look, and and, um, anyway, I'll I'll, I'll think of a a few more. Bless you, Fran. Bless you. Bless you, you, Fran. (laughs) Um, But, you know, some of those, some of them would tell me, look, it's my delicious secret. I'm not telling anyone about it because I'm finding great sources and I don't want anyone else to know. So that was another challenge that I had not anticipated. Like, why would they keep it a secret? Well, because they don't want their editors to know that, that, and they don't want their you know because they're all competition to know. It's the secret source. That's right. See, you're really you're throwing these things. You are a ripping baby. That is great. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, it was the secret sauce. It was their delicious secret that they were going to keep to themselves. And so it just took ages to get some
0: traction. Um, That is phenomenal. And I imagine with with technology, you know, also becoming very exacerbated, you know, how many people they can be in contact with compared to even 11 years ago. Uh, You know, like if Hmm. I think 11 years ago, Facebook uh, was only just making it onto a mobile phone 11 years ago yeah. didn't even have facebook yeah. on a digital like on a device other it than mobile a mobile responsive kind of
1: device yeah.
0: yeah so you know i can imagine you know websites certainly weren't that um, phenomenal 11 years ago either so i can no. imagine now uh, now the challenges is uh, is a different set of challenges same but different when you come to singapore with uh, everything that you've learnt Wow, what a phenomenal story. That is not what I expected at all. See, this is why I get the guests to tell their story because that is amazing. Wow. Yes. And just to it's get a, from there way. to here, like you said, build it and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually.
1: Build it. You'll starve to death if that's what you're waiting for. But eventually
0: they'll come. Me, I'd be like, who do I have to sleep with?
1: I know. I know. I honestly at times I was saying to my husband, he was like, He I'd sold him the dream and he's like, What? But the beautiful thing was, Aline, was when he um when I reached five thousand subscribers, which was a really big deal for me, right? That is five thousand so was so excited. And um and because I work by myself or myself, you know, you know, and I'm sort of primary care of my kids and so I'm at home with them and mm. and he's, you know, and he was travelling a lot and whatever. One day I came home and I'd reached this 5,000 milestone and, of course, I didn't celebrate it. You never celebrate these sort of little successes yourself. It's like, oh, cheers to me. Yeah. <laughs> well done, me. Yeah. You know. Um, under my pillow was this this little uh, present and I have to give my husband credit for the name source bottle, by the way, too. That was his, you and him, you you guys should team up because I'm sure you come up with better. If there's wine,
0: I'm there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, so under there, there was this little daisy chain bracelet because daisies are my favourite flower Mm. and there were five daisies and I was like, oh, like that's the best, right? So it kind of, you know, little, little things like that made me think, okay, I'm on to something here. I just have to I have to educate people. I have to make them understand what's in it for them. Um, and sometimes they just needed to start receiving it and
0: and then they kind of like,
1: ah, oh, that's how it works.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, I feel exactly the same, exactly the same about what I do with customer experience. I spend yes. all my days educating people on why they should give a shit about customer experience, and then they start to get it, and they're like, oh, oh, oh I oh, see, my. I get it. <laughs> You're like, you haven't seen anything yet, mate. Wait till you put yeah. the rest in place. <laughs> and they're like, that's oh, right. I should have done this years ago. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, We're here it's now. <laughs> You know, if not now, then when? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, thank you so much. That is one of the most inspiring stories I've heard in weeks, months. Uh, But we are here. This is the Value Driven Brand Podcast and you are here because, I mean, apart from that phenomenal story, you've already shown us you have a value driven brand and we have the deep insights for you watching and listening on how Beck believes you can also create your own value-driven brand. Are you ready? <laughs> I can hear the, the crowds sitting in yes. their cars really? going, yeah, give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, the stadium is roaring. So, Beck, the first one that you have uh, discussed with me is elegantly solve a problem. So, talk to me about what does that actually mean? What does that tactically look like? Right.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I sort of, I said it in a little bit uh, upfront. I mean, I, I suppose I'm talking technology and I'm not a technology expert, so I employed somebody else who did. But, um, I needed, I needed the platform itself, although, you know, some will still say it doesn't, it doesn't achieve this. I need to get out of its way. It needs to perform its function in the most simplistic, intuitive way possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and once you get that sort of model right, then you need to stick to it and just refine slightly as you're going along. And, and I, I'm not into bells and whistles. I'm not trying to be everything to everybody. I just need it to solve that problem and to do it elegantly because, you know, that's kind of important. So when you come to um, an online environment, solving something elegantly means, again, focusing on the customer experience. Trying to make sure that the platform itself is intuitive enough,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that it delivers on the promise. And, um, yeah. And, and of course, there's always going to be spokes sort of in the path and, and, you know, fixing things along the way, but, but being able to do that. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. I did a, I did a LinkedIn live or a live broadcast over a few different platforms recently about, uh, you're testing out your digital experience and and a lot of that yes. comes down to what, well, in CX we call it UX, which is user experience because we love everything yes. that ends in X uh, and that's why I have the joy <laughs> of sex behind me. So is that what you call it? I
1: didn't know how you pronounced it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So Perfect. slight Perfect. slight deviation but uh, customer experience is uh, the abbreviation is CX. And then you have uh, customer employee experience, which is C-E-X. And then I was like, you know what, I feel like there's more to C-E-X than, than we've got here. And I uh, have been for a period of time uh, working around uh, experiencing human and doing TED Fires- TEDx fireside chats and stuff about experiencing human and adamant about, you know, adding this human experience into customer experience and of course without an employee experience we don't have a customer experience so i created sex and someone said why didn't you make it checks and i said because that's a serial in the u.s and i don't i don't feel like getting a letter saying cease and desist and uh, so now i call it the joy of sex
1: that's great
0: and it's a little bit polarizing yeah you're being true to your brand it's your brand well that's it and it's you you know you're a bit you mean
1: when you know speaking to you you've got a little bit you know you're a bit of a got a bit of sass and you're a bit irreverent and that's wonderful like Mm. i i I love i mean that's being true
0: to your brand i love it yeah it also very much helps when people recoil i go that's cool (laughs) we're not going to work together Yeah, they, yeah. I, I, did a, I did a presentation uh, at the end of last year to a team up in to a uh, e-commerce business up in the Gold Coast, and by the end of the presentation, I had them all chanting the joy of sex, and I was like, "You're my people.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> You're is my this
0: is what's going to happen, but in a stadium. Like we're going to take this to the stadiums. So we're going to have people screaming the joy of sex. I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. But yeah, so yeah, I love I love the elegantly solve a problem because uh, you know when we have such a technological based uh, era at the moment, and it is not slowing down at all, where we have chatbots and uh, you know DMs and and websites and and all that stuff. You know, it is so imperative to just understand who you're targeting, what they need and how they need to apply your resources to get that specific job done. And if you haven't done that, then you are, you know, unconsciously, if not consciously, uh, ruining your customer experience. And when you ruin your customer experience, you're certainly not deriving a value-driven brand. So I think that is a fantastic point to start with. The second one you've got, uh, this is cool. Remain nimble and pivot to better solve the problem. Now, I'm gonna be upfront. I'm so tired of the word pivot. But oh my god, me too. Oh, I really hate the word. You being in PR too. and the news, I'm sure you just want to like. Poof, but talk to me about <laughs> what you mean too. when you say remain nimble and when pivot. When I say
1: pivot. So, what I mean is, so when I first started, as I said, I was looking for that critical mass, not only to service the needs of journalists and the demands of what, you know, what, who they were looking for, mm. but also because my primary idea of generating income was through advertising. And so you can't advertise unless you've got eyeballs seeing it. Like, yeah. no one's going to want to pay for anything unless A, you're um you've got some authority in which case people are going to believe what you're saying because i always write the ads in first person as if mm-hmm. i'm telling the story yeah i love that and and second um yeah you know if you've got 10 people receiving it they're hardly going to be able to generate much of an income stream from that and again this is 11 years ago when that was my primary like that's the lane that's the only way i can monetize this business now the funniest thing was people started to use the service in a different way. So oh. people would say, well, what I want. So they would pitch. Um, so they would say, okay, rather than a call out, they were saying, I want, you know, goodies for gift bags or I want um, an expert on this particular for that to to work as part of like a, um, uh, a media uh, campaign. So I need, like, you know, I'm selling, uh, I'm selling teeth whitening products um, that are based on herbs. Well, I need a dentist to talk as part of that, you know, like an authoritative figure. So I need to call out for that. So, mm. you know, people started using the service in all these really interesting ways that I never would have thought of. And I went, wow. Well, of course. So they can get value out of that. I can monetize that, and that can be a subscription, a value add subscription. And so. Over the time, um, I've respo- when I've seen someone trying to push it using something, I think actually the core premise is to get famous. Now, if I'm a, if I'm a dentist, um, if a PR's pushing me as an expert, that's just as good as if I'm pushing me as an expert or a journalist is, is saying I'm an expert. So that works. That ticks off that, you know, I'm sure it's still trying to solve the same problem. Yeah, um, but I'll just use it in different ways. So PRs can sign up and look for case studies for media pictures. People can put if they've got an event coming up, and you know you've got a product, Nivea. If you had, if you were a new product, Nivea, and uh, <laughs> Get on to a Nivea. People, people didn't know about you, people had no idea what is this Nivea. Uh, you didn't know about you, but your target audience was women aged this or in the corporate sector. And you had an opportunity to put a sample in a sample bag so people will experience, well, the same sort of thing. I'm getting eyeballs and you're getting recognition and, you know, you're raising your profile. So it'll solve the same problem. I needed to respond to it. I could accommodate that. And so then, then started, you know, expert profiles was another thing. How about if, because people was always saying to me, what, um, I really want to, like, you know, they were preparing kind of a similar sort of thing and Mm. a similar kind of profile and they were, pasting it into their response right and and they were also kind of saying oh look I um you know I I I, I want journalists to be able to find me like I want your service to be able to find me like you know to, to put me forward my profile forward to journalists without me having to do it all the time yeah and so the problem I always had with that is I can't build a directory because journalists won't use the service they'll just go to the directory so would cannibalise the service, but what mm. I could do is when a journalist is posting a call-out, they can search and they can get us then pitched if the keywords match. So yes. it was kind of the profile evolution of the idea. And so that evolved. So that's what I made. And, and, and it, I hate the word pivot. I hate it probably more than you, but it was the only way I could describe. Like So this was the road I was travelling on. I, I had to slightly changed direction to be responsive and still yeah. provide the same
0: outcome yeah i love that and i think also you know it's funny that you said from the beginning you were like this was your lane and you know your eyes on the prize the prize is making people famous but the reality is that when we do that as business owners we really have the potential to miss like if we've got our blinkers on and we're so hard and fast into this is the way we're going to do it we have the potential to lose so many opportunities. Like, imagine if you didn't take notice of the way, the different ways that people were using Source oh. Bottle. Like, that, I, I'm on Source Bottle. So I see all of those innovations in the way that you've now adapted the, the website and the offering and the services. And I just think I couldn't imagine you not having those things. It makes so much sense to it makes so much the, sense. the positioning and the offer and and what is Source Bottle is known for. That now it's like mm. I'm so glad you were aware of those things because if you were like, no, this isn't what it's for, mm. someone else would have come and trumped you. Someone else would totally. have gone. You know what? If she's not going to do it, I got this. I'll do it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and I have to, the other, one of the other
1: journalists I wanted to say, remember I said it would come to me, yeah. Jen Bishop. She used to be, when I first started, she was editor of Dynamic Business um, or, yeah, Dynamic Small Business. And uh, anyway, she went off and now she's a uber famous um, blogger in that interior space. She's got, um, anyway. But she was fabulous. She uh, she supported me as well. But yeah, you know, the other thing is, see, PRs reached out to me, and that's so I'm very grateful because they're like, we really need this. Like, can you do this? And I'm like, you know what, I can. Like, I can. Um, yeah. and because it was just me, uh, I could, I, I, you know, there's a challenge though because it was just me. One of mm-hmm. the challenges is I don't have enough rigor, sort of in terms of that deliberation process. There's not someone challenging me. Um, I sort of sit through and, you know, i chat to whomever would listen, but unless you understand the business and its machinations, you might not understand maybe the problems that have come around from that. Yeah. So so sometimes, um, you know, it would have been good to have some other heads in the game, like, you know, a board or whatever, and that's yeah. what some businesses do, which I think is a really smart idea. Mm. But, yeah, back then, It was just me, and so I just decided, yeah, let's just jump in, see what happens.
0: I love that flexibility, and in consideration to what has been going on the last 12-ish months, you know, the businesses that have managed to, you know, we can call it pivot, we can call it adapt, you know, I like to call it become flexible, uh, consciously Mm. flexible, Uh, those are the businesses who walked away not unscathed, but in a lot of cases you know still with their heads above water and it's interesting like even this morning I was having a conversation with uh, a colleague and they were saying they were talking about a particular business that was quite it's quite a huge business uh, in Australia and because they're so huge I'm not going to name them but through COVID they ended up uh, retrenching a lot of people and Uh, they're now in a really poor financial state to the point where they probably won't survive too much longer. And to me, sounds a little bit unempathetic, but to me, I kind of go, well, you know what? You clearly didn't have number two sorted out. You were not nimble. You were not solving problems. Um, You know, you were not flexible. And this is the consequence and hmm. it's heartbreaking because they are um, quite a big, um, what's the word? Employer. So it's going to have a massive effect to to the Australian yes. employment, and it just breaks my heart. You know, I did a I did another live two live broadcasts all the time, but I did another one the other day, and I said, you know, we were talking about voice of customer programs. Don't just think that because a, a business or an organisation is a multi billion dollar business or you know a huge brand that they've got their shit sorted it Mm. it certainly isn't a guarantee so i think if you're a smaller business you actually have even more responsibility to 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 just start if you can't be flexible when you're small you're certainly never going to grow big and be flexible right that's my opinion and don't even at me i totally agree don't even at me like if you can't do it when it's just you and you and the kids or, you know, you and a few people, then you certainly, you know, you might find success. But the first time there's a challenge in the in the marketplace, you probably won't get through it unless That's you then realise, oh, shit, I need Aileen and Beck. Get me Aileen <laughs> and Beck. they will sort it out. We'll get I'll you. I'll sort it out. We got you. <laughs> All right. I love that. Now, I saw this because I follow you on Twitter. Now, just for everyone listening, what is your Twitter handle so they too can follow you?
1: Oh, I'm at Beck Darrington. Uh, Very simple. So creative. Like a lot of thought went into that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look, I call that perfect positioning, to be honest. Yeah, thanks. I tried to get at Aileen Day. It was taken. Phenomenal how many Aileen Days there are in this world phenomenal my i god. know my dad's begging me he's going go back to your maiden name and i'm like Ugh.
1: i what don't think they have name?
0: handles that long <laughs> oh what was what, what, what it actually I, I can probably tell from
1: your um email what is it what was your maiden name you you
0: oh my god that's so cool it's so long <laughs> yes yeah, it is. I long. did when my ex-husband and I broke up. Uh, five days before we broke up, I actually started a shoe design company uh, called A Day in My Shoes because I had this secret passion oh. where I wanted to design uh, men and women's uh, shoes. shoes. And yeah. uh, and then we we broke up and I burst into tears and I said, I just opened a business with our last name. And he said, just keep it. Just keep, keep it. it. Keep it. It's yours. I was like, okay. Thank you. It's a good day. It is a great name. It is, it is. My my uh, Instagram handle is what what a day. It's just perfect. Oh. What a day. Everything. Oh, a day in my shoes, so Aileen Day in my shoes. Yes. So many play on it. words. I have a ball with it. So thanks, mm. Chris. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, but <laughs> because i do follow you on twitter back to the original point oh yes right i saw you post something the other day about a gentleman called tad ted sorry ted lasso who is he and why is he on oh. the list of how to create a value driven brand i am so intrigued well wow, ted lasso is a fictional character
1: oh. produced by a comedian by the name of, now I don't know how to pronounce his real name, Jason, Jason Sadakis. Oh, yeah. And I think he, he's an American comedian. He's been in lots of different things. But he had created this character, Ted Lasso. And there's a great series on Apple TV that I've watched recently, and that's what that tweet was about. And, by the way, he liked my tweet. Seriously. I was just so fangirling, like, oh my god! <laughs> um, uh, so yes, yeah, So anyway, um, it, it's the most wonderful series. Now, I said before, I'm a soccer mum. I, my fam, I have three boys and a husband, and so I have four boys in my life, and three of them love soccer. Two of them in an obsessive way. Oh wow! And the EPL, of course, is like you know, is the cream of the crop. So the English Premier League, and yes. so we follow Everton in our house, and everything is just got a monogram of Everton on it somewhere. Um, so we're a bit obsessed, and uh, but so so when this series started, it's about a gridiron coach. So Ted Lasso is an American um, football coach, yeah. gridiron, coach, yeah, um, in that sort of 2nd lear amateur division, and he gets recruited by Richmond. FC so Richmond Football Club of course football being soccer in yeah. the, in the UK yeah um, Richmond Football Club which is an actual football club that isn't it has been relegated it's not in the Premier League status anyway he gets he gets he gets recruited to coach that team oh. and he doesn't know a thing about soccer because Americans call soccer soccer like we do yeah anyway it's the most beautiful series. It is, it is rude. It is offensive. It is hilarious. It. And it's, it's this wonderful kind of blend, which I, I love so much about it because Ted Lasso is this ridiculous optimist. He, he finds the best in everybody. He, 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 he kind of massages it out and you can't help, but your heart just sings watching it. And he does it in a funny way, which makes it even better. And then you've got – so you've got the American side of it, which is very emotive. You know, all their, their programs, their movies and series and stuff, they're all kind of very emotive, sometimes a little too much. Mm. And the English is just going to be so incredibly dry and funny um, and sweary and – so, Aileen, you'd love it. Um, all about it. honestly, every second word is starts with an F. And right. it's just But it's so wonderful. It's a beautiful marriage. <laughs> Anyway, I've dribbled on long enough. But Ted Lasso, the character, I I just when I'm feeling really pissed off with someone, um, or I'm I'm approaching it with a you know a, a like a situation there's some adversity, I think what would Ted Lasso do?
0: Wow, and so my husband and I that type going, of impact.
1: Oh, it's just it's just so Jared, my husband, and I keep going like. So let's just lasso this man, like, you know, as a bit of a joke, but it's because, I mean, we've watched this series twice. Like wow. it's nine, ten episodes. We've watched it twice. It's just so wonderful. It's like Thanks. a big warm hug that's like, repeats on you.
0: Aww. I'm anyway, gonna have to so track so it how- down
1: because I don't oh, have an do, Apple, Apple TV. TV. No, well, you don't. Just, just subscribe. They give you like there's a free period. Just watch it and and watch it on your phone. Watch it on a smart device. Oh, just watch it. it. It's just
0: so. Is it children? No. Suitable? I mean, what if your child's used to the word F?
1: (laughs) Yeah, even if they're used to that, there's a lot of uh, M-rated content. Oh, okay. And so he might have to wait. But it look it is so wonderful. Like so, my so how old is your son? Uh, nearly eleven. Nearly eleven. Yeah. So, um, my eldest is nearly sixteen. Mm-hmm. He'd be fine with it. But my nearly thirteen year old, like I'm saying,
0: okay, look away, look away, look away. But the youngest, no, nah. no chance. <laughs> so talk to me about Ted anyway. Lasso's hater bad days for us yeah, who so have not seen it. What does that mean? So I, I think um,
1: you Ted Lasso the haters and the bad days. So you know that. Oh. So you know that the the haters are going to hate. Like I mean, I, I I put this on Twitter myself and on Facebook where someone just wrote to me with feedback saying like well, they cancelled their subscription because it was a shit service. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So and I'm like, how do I respond? Do I? Thank you for your feedback. Um yeah. How do I identify the service? Like you know, like give me give me something constructive. So but constructive. there's going to be people like that. Yeah, so constructive. Hmm. Um, there's going to be feedback like that, and I think you know Ted Lasso would say thank you so much for that feedback. Like you know, uh, rise always rise above from the situation. Just accept it, acknowledge it, take chop cop it on the chin when you need to cop it on the chin, and just don't sort of I suppose don't wear it, like let it sort of walk you. Um, same with the bad days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be days where everything goes wrong. For me, it'll be like I've got a, an advertiser and the website, you know, so the the emails don't go out for some for some reason. There's a server issue yeah. and I'll go, oh. yeah. you know, I can't do anything about it. No. It's beyond my control. Exactly. It's going to happen and yeah. I just have to just run with it and not let it, envelop me yeah.
0: so Ted Lasso it. like just I recognize it's gonna happen move on that is so cool, cool. I'm gonna track down Ted Lasso I reckon he's gonna become a oh, spirit animal do. I love yes. it I love it yes that makes so much more sense now I was like I wanted to I wanted to engage with the tweet the other day when I saw it and I was like Aileen sometimes you just have to accept that you don't know things and you need to just 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 like <laughs> it and move on
1: You've got to say, I've got no idea what you're
0: talking about, This man. Love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is this Who is this man you speak of? I love that. Yes. Now, this next one is, you know, I'm a big fan of it and I actually have, uh, of course, people can't see it, but next to my desk, I have a uh, to-don't list, right, not a to-do list, I have a to don't list and uh, one of my mentors, Lisa O'Neill from uh, Thought Leaders Business School got me onto this and she said I created a to don't list and I put it up next to my desk and it reminds me of all the things I should not do and it is very aligned to number four of yours because number four of yours says do the work. And on my to don't list it says don't expect success without the effort nice Mm. so what does do the work mean mean?
1: well look you know i can think of plenty of excuses uh, as to why something doesn't happen Mm. but the the easiest way to make something happen is to just do the work so i i mean at times i feel overwhelmed with what that means for me um but if you don't do the work, then you can't expect the rewards of the work. So, you know, apply it to exercise. I didn't even go to the gym. That's why my bum looks the way it does, right? You know, okay. So if I do the work, then why look? Way it does. Like, I'm sure there'll be an improvement.
0: So, you need to do it. yeah, it's funny. So, exercise, me and exercise generally aren't friends. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan. dangerous. It's dangerous, oh,
1: Aileen.
0: Don't people go get away. hurt doing exercise. Look, one of my no. friends just broke their ankle the other day playing, actually playing soccer. Yeah. I was I'm like, sorry. what? I- a real injury in soccer? <laughs> <laughs> Behold. <laughs> No, I I think it's so true. I I do talk, God, I talk a lot, uh, but I do, uh, you know, I talk a lot about working smart. So, uh, you know, I think you can certainly, like you said, you can get overwhelmed. And I don't know if you've read it, but I got, uh, there's a lady called Julia Steele who got me onto this book and I don't think I have it. Here, I think it's in my other office, but um, it's called the uh, the War of Art, right? So we've heard of the Art of War mm-hmm. by Sun Tzu, mm-hmm. or how we pronounce it. This is the yes. this is the uh, War of Art, art. and it is art. it is a phenomenal, very easy to read book, and it is all about doing the work and it is all about... Well, you've got to
1: put that in the show notes. You've got yeah, to put that in the show I will, notes. I'll
0: put the recommendation, oh, yeah. right? It is, I I did, so I run a, I lead a uh, business accelerator program called the Momentum Business Accelerator and I, in that, whenever anybody reads a book, I encourage them to do what we call a TLDR. So too long, didn't read. Oh, yeah. Too long, and yeah, didn't read. Yep, ever since I signed up to AppSumo, hey, Noah, Hi. Right. right? Oh, my God. That's a guy I fangirl over. Uh, he replied to my tweet once, I got a cold sweat. <laughs> well done. I know. Uh, so I love that in AppSumo they do TLDR, and before that I'd actually never really come across it. So what is, I had to go Google because I'm old now. I did say. <laughs> I did <laughs> say. Like, what is this fandangled language they use? <laughs> That's right. And what I'm Do I, I out- include that in my, my ads? No. Nah. People wouldn't get it. When I wouldn't when I found out what it was, I was like, "Oh my God! I love this! I love this concept!" Mm. And awesome. so for my momentum group, my momentum business accelerator, we're avid readers for for most parts. And but I thought, how fun would it be if we could learn from the books that other people were reading from? So now yes. we have this this kind of you know thing, and it helps with engagement and everything like that, and continuous learning. Where when somebody's reading a book, every chapter they go in and they create a, a thread in the MBA book club and they do a TLDR of that chapter, right? Oh, that's so clever. I love yes, it. Yes, yes. So the problem was when I read The Art of War, sorry, The War of Art, The War of Art, it's hard I have both through. books by yeah. the way. Uh, when I read <laughs> The War of Art, my TLDR, which is Traditionally, it's meant to be about four bullet points per chapter, right? It's very, very succinct and summarized understanding of what you've just read. I pretty much was just taking screenshots of the pages, (laughs) posting the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I can't pick which part is for you to just not read. You have to read the whole thing. And then it got to the point where I was like, no, Aileen, you have to choose. You really, so, it. and then I was like, so instead of cheating and taking, you know, screenshots, I'll type them into my notes and then I'll transpose my notes into, into the thread. And then I was like, yeah, this will be better because, you know, I don't want to have to type everything. And then when yes. I transpose them, I looked back and I went, oh, my God, I've literally just retyped the bloody whole Book. whole page oh look I I really I hear I, I
1: mean I do things like on a Kindle I'll highlight things yeah and you can take a screenshot of that yeah I was like I used to think TL should stand for too lazy <clears throat> like too lazy <laughs> didn't read like like too lazy um, do read yourself
0: yeah I don't know yes. That would be perfect. That is, that that is so perfect. That's to do the work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really walking the talk here. I'm really adverse.
0: <laughs> I call that working smart. Work. Working smart, not yeah. hard, right?
1: <laughs> well, you know what, actually, Aileen, I, my, my eldest son tends to be a bit on the lazy side and one of the things, he comes up, as a result of it, he comes up with the best shortcuts to do just about everything. See? And I read once that... um. Uh, what's his name? The founder of Microsoft, the one who yet enforced. Bill Gates. Bill Gates, yeah. I forgot about him. Uh, that Bill guy. Gates said, yeah, that guy, that, that guy. Um, Bill Gates said that he loves employing lazy people because they will identify the most efficient way to get something done. That
0: and is my true. son
1: is an example of that. And I'm like, wow. yeah, like he comes up to things like, I've been doing it the long way forever. He found a shortcut. And I'm like, oh, that's same outcome. Like, same outcome.
0: Do it. I'm all about Unless it. Everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, so so do
1: the work. That, that's kind of going against what I'm saying, but, but no. I but I mean, for the, me, the, do, I the do, do the work
0: smart. Do work smart. I mean, yes, there's blood, sweat, yeah. and tears in what we do. Of course there is, and if there wasn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't value it. You wouldn't appreciate, no. you wouldn't have gratitude for what you've accomplished, but that's not to say yeah. that everything needs to be a hard slog forever and ever. And if anything, no. the bigger you get, the harder the slog, the, the more likely are you're not going to succeed actually. So, yeah, True. find those people who can help you do things better and, you know, and still have that quality outcome, but do the bloody work. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I love that. So the last piece that you've sent me is it's never about the money. Mm. It's never about the money. I just—it's never about the money. Like you know,
1: I think with this, I, one of the biggest challenges I had when I started having to speak about Source Bottle was mm. because I—I'm not someone who's very comfortable in promoting a service, promoting myself. Um, like it's—I always choke when someone gives me a compliment. I don't quite know what to do. Um, and yet, I, I had to kind of do that, and. Uh, so i kind of need to you kind of need to get out of the way Mm. and say okay the way i will sell this is by if i look at it as i'm helping to solve their problem in which case i can speak seriously and passionately about how i can make you use can use this service to solve your problem and like so all of a sudden it doesn't matter now if your passion is to help people solve their problems in a way that you have a unique expertise, then if they value the way that you're solving that problem, the money will come. Yeah. If you start something for the purposes, I mean, I, I was a lawyer by training, right? So wow. if I really was, if I was serious about, if, if I was serious about, uh, the only thing that came out of my law degree was the fact that in, one of the, in the law firm, the first law firm I worked in, I met my husband, so yeah. excellent beyond that really (laughs) but you know I was miserable and look I could have if I decided money was the primary motivator for me in Mm -hmm. terms of my work um I could have been a very miserable probably quite wealthy lawyer yeah and um you know and yeah well this was it just couldn't happen my heart hurt too much like I just couldn't do that I was always better in this kind of world which I love like I devour I love it mm. so um, I'm much more effective at helping people and as a result you know the, the you know it, it pays off
0: yeah
1: and so I I think kind of, yeah
0: it's it's so funny like I did a I did a speaking job the other day for uh, a company and it was all about uh, communicating to your team and through you know situations like last year and uh, and whatnot yeah. and the result of that was at the end of it everyone was like, Oh my god, that was amazing, or, you're so passionate or that was so authentic and and it's so funny, you say like you you choke when people give you a compliment. I used to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad I was at getting compliments. People would go, You are amazing. I'm like, <laughs> don't people tell you that I'm like <laughs> Maybe if this happens. Yes. But it was it was it's so funny because if you want me to talk about customer experience or the joy of sex or you know how that's going to fix your uh, you know your, your your issues in business and and whatnot I will like I will devour that but the mm. second someone says how do you fix it I'm like yeah I don't want to tell yeah. you about me <laughs> I'm like I don't know I choke. Still do. That's why this whole media thing, it was so funny when we did, pardon me, when we did um, Kate Engler's Meet the Press Masterclass and the last day of the Masterclass was, uh, you know, yourself and all of the journalists coming around and you had to pitch to them out of everybody. Everybody's like, oh, my God, you're so confident. And then it came to the crux of it and I just wanted to cry. I was like, yeah. I hate, as as much as everybody thinks I'm probably like, you know, very brava- high bravado and stuff like that, I hate talking about myself. I hate, yes. I, I get really self-conscious and I just feel so uh, arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> People say, tell oh, me yeah. what you've done. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I just want it to speak yeah. for itself. Why don't you already know? <laughs> yeah. Look me up. Look me up. You'll find I'm so pleased. Do you know what my I have um I have a I have a brand vision. So my brand vision is that I want to influence 10 million uh, business owners, leaders and entrepreneurs on how to live a value driven life through having a value driven brand. Yes, I have a personal vision that when you Google just Aileen, A-I-L-E-E-N, that you won't be confronted with a serial killer (laughs) and you'll see my face instead (laughs) because the most famous Aileen, (laughs) Aileen Wuornos, is is a serial killer. Great. It's hard when you're sharing a namesake with that. (laughs) I've really got some work to get ahead. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I so, think
0: but, a little bit there. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, same deal. If you can just get past playing small, if you can get past, you know, just getting out of your own bloody way and just yes. doing the things that you know you're good at and the, the things that help others, the money will And come. then also, so, you know,
1: the second part of that too, and, and this is something I've always struggled with, I still do, is valuing your time, mm. particularly if you charge for your time,
0: Yeah.
1: valuing your time enough to actually put yourself out there and say, I'm worth that. Like that's the next step. I mean, if, if you're in that kind of industry, I'm not so much in that kind of industry, but if you are, yeah. and you, so you're selling your services and it's sort of time-based or a consultant-based or even a product-based, but it's kind of your product, your um, intellectual uh, property, then having the confidence and saying, I'm worth that, like that's, that's, that's a tough
0: gig. It's scary. You know, quick story, two years ago I used to charge $80 an hour. Yeah. $80 an hour. And some people listening might go, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, you know, when you're one in five people in the country Mm -hmm. who has the experience I have, probably even less, to be honest, $80 an hour is a pittance. And so then I got challenged to put my prices up and I put them up to a whopping $120 an hour. Wow. And... (laughs) I got laughed at and I was like, no, no, that's heat, that's heat. And then I met a gentleman uh, last year uh, doing a business group called Kerwin Ray, K2 Elite, and I met a gentleman called Martin Eade and he is known as the sales strategist. And he basically said you are doing yourself and your customers a complete disservice by not having that self-worth. You have to. If you don't have that self-worth, nobody else will have it for you. And he challenged me at the point of this podcast going live last year to make sure that I didn't release the uh, website, so the value-driven brand, uh, without the most worthy of prices attached to it. And it was very funny. So the price went to $500 an hour, Yeah. which still makes me feel sick saying that out loud. And it's very funny when you say that to people because I said that to an old colleague of mine and they choked and they said, why do you think you're worth that? (laughs) And then I said to a new colleague of mine, it's $500 an hour, and he didn't flinch. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. And then I said it to a mentor of mine. I said, I've put my prices up. And he said, have you? I said, yes, they're very expensive. And he laughed at me. and He said, show me. So I showed him, and he laughed at my website. <laughs> he said, Aileen, that's not expensive. <laughs> no it is it's very expensive and he said Aileen we we use consultants all the time who are much less intelligent than you and they earn four times that in an hour so please Mm -hmm. don't undersell yourself have some self-worth and I was like this is self-worth this is self-worth so it's so funny it's so mm. funny that it, it really is just so um, different. People's perception of what worthiness is uh, is just mm. phenomenal. But it's true. If you don't have it for yourself, nobody else is going to have it for you. That is very, very um,
1: profound, profoundly true. Uh, that's so true. Yeah.
0: I think so, it's also being
1: uh, too, can I just say? Can that? I just ask if one? Be, being a female having problems about mm. valuing your time. Um, can I just say the first colleague you said when they they went, wow, that's expensive, were that from the old life? Mm-hmm. Were they female? No. Ah, because I thought the second one you said he. I thought, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's right, 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 interesting. Well, yeah. All men. All
0: men. All men. All men. Yeah. But no I think, one. yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the first one who asked me had, has a very limited uh, experience with, you know, consultants and entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And in, in their experience, they hire IT consultants predominantly and they pay, you know, $1,000, $1,500 a day for an IT consultant. So in his mind, all I do is I tell people how to run a business. So that's not even that hard. Which it's actually really hard, (laughs) Mm, and uh, it's like hurting cats some days. But Mm. uh, so in his mind, he thinks that's not very that's not a very difficult job. So why why would you think that you could charge more than someone that had to go to uni for six years? And I'm like, well, I went to uni too, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, yeah, that's right, I did. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's different different uh, experiences, different. yeah, comprehensions and perspectives. And, but at the end of the day, you have to know what you're worth and you have to. And then I think that the thing is sticking to it. Like you said, you know, I, I shake in my boots when people ask me what my hourly rate is and it makes me feel sick to save $500. But I know that if I don't save $500, that I'm not valuing myself anymore. And I put a line in oh. the sand after, after dealing with, uh, Martin and, and doing work with him, I was like, you know what? The line is in the sand. I'm not, it's it's now on the website. I now it's have to back up. Or more it's, it's for everyone that's, to see now. That's the hard backstop. Back exactly. Yeah. That could work. Exactly. I think that's yeah. right. So, yeah. And then I get laughed at getting told that's not enough. I was like, oh, God, let's just, right. stick, let's just stick with that for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let
1: that settle. Like, yeah. you know. Set like jelly, and then we'll see what happens.
0: Then we'll move forward. Exactly right. Oh, mm. Beck, it has been such an absolute pleasure to hang out with you. I knew, I knew from the day I met you at the Meet the Press Masterclass. I was like, this woman, we're going to be friends. I can see it, feel it in my water, <laughs> as they say. Oh, thank you, Aileen. It's been really fun. It's actually one of the
1: most fun. Podcast
0: I've ever done. I've oh, say. My, really good. That's so yeah. exciting. I've had. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. I love that. I think you know you can have so many dreary podcasts, but that's not me. I think if you if you're ever watching my podcast and it's a dreary podcast, probably no, I'm not enjoying myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, that's probably a bit dead giveaway. Another really great thing about Ted Lasso, and this is one thing that I think. Is there's uh, a fabulous scene, and I'm not going to say too much, but because I definitely want you to watch it, and then I want you to hit me up it. when you have. Yep. But um, but there's a thing where he talks about being curious, and I think sometimes when you feel like oh, I'm getting nothing here, like there is just no energy, like I think sometimes curiosity can be the thing that can spark energy in other people and being curious and trying to find out a bit more about them. And if you are an actually curious person, you'll find some interest somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. have to be. I mean the sort of questions you ask shows that you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love I'm people say I'm a control freak because I want to know everything. And I'm like, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> that's right. I think curiosity is, is the thing that keeps it it's it's a secret to eternal youth. Mm. Because yeah. If you're always curious, things will always interest you. So there yeah. you go. And I think you and if you if you are a naturally curious person, you can find so much amazing information in just about everything, even even Absolutely. most boring of people. But exactly. you know, we try to steer clear of them anyway. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, they are, if you are listening in, of course you are, because you're bloody smart, uh, watching this podcast, <laughs> listening to this podcast, I want to say thank you. Beck, you are a bloody champion. I am so in awe of the amazing work that you do, that you have continued to stand by, and the help and support that you provide the media and for those trying to get and and getting into the media. And personally, as, uh, as a user of your product, I appreciate you. So, awesome. but there is one more thing that we have to do before I let you go. So... If you have joined us before, you're also going to know where this is heading, and if you haven't, what happens next is that every guest that comes onto the podcast gets asked to fill out a guest profile form, and part of that guest profile form is there is one question that I want to know. What is the song that pumps you up for anything? What gets you out of bed? What gets you out of that shitty mood? What gets you ready? For that meeting that you just don't want to get into or gets you ready for the meeting you do want to get into. So do you remember this now this is this is a banger. Do you remember the song that you told me? S O D. What is I-D. it? It's called Work Bye. by Kelly Rowland. <laughs> Kelly Rowland. Oh, it's so embarrassing. But yes, I do. I love that song. That was her first hit after leaving Destiny's Child, mm. and I absolutely that song is already on pretty much all of my playlists. I'm a big, big fan of Kelly. So you might not know this, but every guest that comes onto the Value Driven Brand podcast gets asked this same question and the answer for the song that they provide goes into the Aileen Day uh, guest, I can't even think of the name, of the Spotify, it goes into its own Spotify playlist. That's what it does.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, I imagine the mix has got. It's but listen, in. can I just say it's not my favorite song. It's just the song that answers what your your question. What wow, gets that's me what in, I want. like if I need to motivate myself to go for a walk or anything? Are you going to say if run? Yeah, no, <laughs> that would just be ridiculous. Never when I was I
0: was like, I don't run for anybody. If someone's chasing me, just do what you got to do. <laughs> Here's my purse. <birth. laughs> go for gold. <laughs> I love that. Well, that is perfect. That is exactly what we wanted. The 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 song that gets you ready to walk fast, certainly not run, but gets you pumped up for anything. So yeah. when this goes live, you will be also able to at valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series find this recording, all of the resources attached to getting in touch with Beck. You can find my recommendation for the art of war. <laughs> and you will also be able to download the Spotify playlist and find Beck's uh, contribution to the very eclectic uh, playlist yes. that is going to get you pumped up for everything and anything. Beck Darrington, you are a bloody champion. Thank you truly for all of your wisdom and insights and congratulations on getting Source Bottle into Singapore. If you are somebody that wants to head into the media, get your face seen, become famous because you are a giver, not a taker, I want mm. to see the givers. Getting onto sourcebottle.com and all of the re, all of the details will be available at value driven brand podcast series forward slash podcast series and any other resources that we can help to get you in your face in the media will be there as well. Beck Derrington from source bottle. Thank you so truly. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Riley.
0: For everybody else, Please get out there and deliver value to somebody in your life because if we don't know by now, what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand Quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.